everyone, and welcome to the Homicide Homegirls podcast, a weekly true crime podcast examining the true crime cases that fascinate and intrigue us. I'm Arielle. And I'm Amanda. Thanks for joining us. We can't wait to share the details of this wild episode with you. Today we're going to talk about the disappearance of Tiffany Witten, a 26-year-old Georgia woman who practically vanished into thin air from a Walmart store in the middle of the night in 2013. What? How does somebody get missing from a Walmart store? The Walmart. I don't know. So, like we always do, we'll start with a little bit of background. Tiffany Michelle Witten was born January 30th, 1987. And according to an article I read on 11alive.com, Tiffany's mother, Lisa Daniels, had a C-section scheduled for a week later, February 6th, 1987, but Tiffany was not waiting around for that, and she decided she was going to enter this world a week early. Um, her parents, Tiffany's parents divorced when she was a baby, but according to her mother, um, you know, she was a pretty, you know, she was still a pretty happy kid. Right. Um, her mom said she loved things most little girls like to do like um, exploring exploring outdoors playing basketball cheerleading and watching cooking shows and honestly that sounds like me as a kid yeah I mean same just add some glitter right pink and ta-da right um as a child Tiffany wanted to be a veterinary I can never say that right as a child Tiffany wanted to be a veterinarian but her plans in life kind of shifted uh, when she dropped out of high school during her sophomore year and soon after this Tiffany became addicted to Oxycontin then heroin and eventually meth according to her mother yeah so once Tiffany found drugs um, her life sort of took a downward turn as most cases do right and though it hurt her Tiffany's mother you know had to practice tough love with her daughter Mm -hmm. you know um basically i love you but i can't help you unless you help yourself can't be an enabler right yeah um so you know her mom was practicing tough love in hopes that you know she would eventually seek help for herself because you know you can lead a horse to water you can't make them drink you can't help somebody who doesn't want to be helped exactly plenty of people in that same boat right so Tiffany even spent some time in prison in 2012, and she was released right before Thanksgiving. And according to Tiffany's mom, um, she took her daughter to a rehab facility um, right after she got out of jail. Mm-hmm. And you know they thought this was going to be the time that it was going to stick, and that she would get the help that she needed to get clean, you know, once and for all. But sadly, that wasn't the case. Um, rehab didn't help her, and she went back to drugs, and then her drug use eventually you know, drove a, eventually, finally drove a wedge between her and so her So did she just, like, check herself out, or just, did she complete the program and it just relapsed? I think or? she checked herself out, but I could be wrong. That's so sad. Like, there should be some type of, you know, mandate. I mean, they do have it with the courts, but, like... Yeah, unless it's court-mandated, you can check yourself out of rehab. You know, so... But, I mean, I think it, if you were... I feel like it should be one of the things where if you're truly a danger to yourself, like if you're that bad off where there's a possibility that you could OD, and I feel like there always is that like possibility. Like you could PEC somebody, but I don't even think that... You could what? PEC, which is like a physician's emergency certificate where... Oh, okay. Um, is that like a 72-hour hold? 
Yes and no. That's where I think the problem comes in. I, they, 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 like when I was in dispatch, they called it either a PEC or an OPC. It's kind of the same thing. OPC is an order of protective custody. So if you feel like somebody is like in danger or like capable of hurting themselves or they're just down that path, mm-hmm. um, you can go to their doctor and the doctor will order that. And then like the way it worked where I worked, um, we had a transportation division and they would go pick them up mm-hmm. in a sheriff's office unit and have them uh, um, admitted. Oh, okay. But after that, it's like 72 hours is up. Like there's got to be some type of you know, system to actually help make them stay. Right, and help these people. Yeah, like, because the opioid crisis mm-hmm. is real. Right. It really is. Um, and I haven't found too much about this, but I do know that Tiffany had a six-year-old daughter at the time of her disappearance. Oh, poor girl. Yeah, so that would have made Tiffany 19 or 20 years old when her daughter was born, but like I said, there hasn't been much online about her daughter. Mm-hmm. I guess because she's, I mean, she's a minor. Right. So... Um, so, Tiffany's last known whereabouts, um, Tiffany Witten was last seen on September 13th, 2013. Was yes. uh, that today? That was yesterday. Okay. As of, as of, as of the day we were recording. recording. Yeah, yes. that was yesterday. Um, so she was last seen at Walmart on Cobb Parkway in Marietta, Georgia around 2 a.m. Tiffany was there with her boyfriend, Ashley Christopher Red. Um, as Tiffany and Ashley walked the aisles of Walmart in the middle of the night, it seemed as if they were under the influence of drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Tiffany was attempting to walk out of Walmart with like less than $20 of stolen clothes. And she was stopped by uh, a plain clothes loss prevention yeah. officer. Um, and According to the surveillance video, which I have not seen, I cannot find the actual video. I've seen stills from the video, but mm-hmm. I can't find the actual video online anywhere. They're probably holding that close to the chest. Right. <clears throat> considering she's like still I, missing. Like I said, I've seen stills, but like, like screenshots, but I haven't seen the actual video. So according to the video, the officer grabbed Tiffany by the strap of her purse. And then right after this, another officer in plain clothes walked up and... Tiffany let go of her purse, like, you know, pulled her arm out of the strap, mm-hmm. um, kicked off her flip-flops, and took off out of the, uh, into the parking lot. Um, literally with, like, nothing but the clothes on her back. No shoes, like, no purse, no identification, no phone, no nothing. She just literally took off. Um, and unfortunately, that was the last time anyone has ever seen or heard from Tiffany. What? That's so crazy. Right. She just vanished. So, like, was this a busy area? Like, where the Walmart was located? Was it Main Highway? Like, what? I think it was located off of a highway, but I don't know That's exactly. so insane. Right. Parkway. Right. Um, so, according to most sources, Tiffany was very active on social media, but she hasn't accessed her account since her disappearance. A fact that really worried her family, as they said, she was always on some form of social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's how someone would know something happened to me. Like, if I haven't shared something on Facebook in a couple days, come find me because something's wrong. Yeah. You know? Um, so, but according to Tiffany's mom, there was one instance where, and I'm air quotes, Tiffany accessed her social media um, on or around January 5th, 2014. So, she went missing in September of 2013. 
on January 5th, 2014, there was apparently a Facebook birthday message sent from Tiffany to her half-brother, um, Blake Whitten, but Tiffany's mom believes this was actually Ashley, using her boyfriend, okay. using her phone, you know, trying to throw people off his trail, which that's probably possible but we don't really know for sure but she didn't have her phone when she no went missing no she had nothing so it's i don't know i mean what's the likeliness of her gaining access to a computer right she, you know if right. nobody's if she, seen her and she left with nothing like no identification or anything so um when tiffany first went missing her family didn't immediately report her as such uh to the police because you know she had a history of trouble with the law Mm. and as I mentioned you know we were discussing her background a little bit Tiffany was a known meth and heroin user Mm -hmm. and she had previously been arrested on robbery and drug charges and was in and out of rehab and in August of 2013 so about a month before she disappeared Tiffany was actually fired from her job as a waitress at IHOP when she was caught stealing from the restaurant caught stealing from the restaurant on the surveillance cameras um and actually she was even on probation for burglary at the time of her disappearance not really to the IHOP which is why she ran right probably um so when her family didn't hear from her you know after that night or early morning whichever you want to call it um they weren't really surprised Mm -hmm. you know I mean I guess she kind of did this thing you know she would disappear um, I guess as some drug users do, you know. Right, it's common practice. They kind of just go off the grid for a while. Um, so it wasn't until Tiffany's maternal grandmother, um, who she had listed as her residence, uh, her maternal grandmother received a letter from Walmart about the shoplifting incident. Uh-huh. Um, and that was the first that they even knew about it. So they were kind of like, well, that made them think, you know, and because prior to that, Tiffany's mother and grandmother had just assumed, you know, hey, she fell off the wagon. Yeah. Again, you know, like Tough she... love. Right. That. Right. Like she had done so many times while dating Ashley. Did you know, they, they... Did they... Your research, like, bring up when they got the letter from Walmart? Like, was it shortly after or was it... So, um, eventually, you know, four months after her disappearance... Her mother, Lisa Daniels, filed a missing persons report on January 10th, 2014. And from everything that I read, she filed very soon after they got the letter. Oh. I don't know the exact date of the letter. Right, but, but it wasn't. Yeah. It's weird that they Walmart sent that letter so mm-hmm. later. Like, right. so much later than, I mean, yeah. maybe they, because they had her belongings, they're like, somebody they, Maybe they're investigating it, I don't know. I mean, $20. I, yeah. So, you know, um... Obviously, this time delay kind of set investigators back. Um, and, I mean, I can totally understand how having this much of a time delay could be problematic. It could hinder the investigation. Right. I mean, you're already four months from that person disappearing, you know, and that's a pretty big hurdle for you to a overcome. A lot can happen right. in four, four months. And evidence that you might have collected at the time is probably no longer there. Um, so, and... When Lisa first filed Tiffany's missing persons report, the detective that was assigned to her basically just told her that, you know, because Tiffany was a junkie, she was probably out somewhere binging and would either show up eventually or get herself arrested. We talked about this in a previous episode. Did we? Um, 
Yeah. I don't remember which one. Oh, no. Did we talk about um, if your kids are run away? away or, yeah. If your kids are run away, a frequent run away, then the police are They're not going to take off. it seriously. Yeah. So this is kind this of, is kind of very relative that. to that. But, I mean, what? Like, I know this is probably really common. Like, you know, when you report a loved one who leads a high-risk quote-unquote high-risk lifestyle you know when you report them missing I feel like they probably have met with that kind of reaction but that's unacceptable like it is you know like, you know I mean Tiffany may have been struggling with drug addiction but I mean she was still a person and it, it goes back I mean I get it I do because like the boy who cried wolf you know mm-hmm. like you do and you do and you do and then when something serious happens nobody takes it seriously mm-hmm. so I see both sides of it because I've I've witnessed, you know, a family member constantly cry wolf, mm-hmm. and it's just like, I lose faith in your honesty, and, you know, right. I don't trust you. Right. So, I get it. I do get both sides of it. Right. But but to be, to tell a mother that, like, you know, that's, no, yeah, that's totally. frustrating, and it infuriates me, too, you know, but... Um, according to an article I found in Esquire um, that I'll link in the show notes, mm-hmm. show notes as usual. Um, so Lisa told the detective, quote, my daughter might be a drug addict, but she wasn't born a drug addict. I held her in my arms. I told him, you have two daughters and she's worth as much to me as they are to you, end quote. You know what? good for her because someone needs to put that detective in his place like how would he feel if one of his daughters was missing Mm -hmm. and they were just like oh she's a junkie like she'll just turn up eventually yeah like that's so horrible Mm -hmm. so by the end of january 2014 you know so she reported her missing january 10th january 10th she reported her missing um so, by the end of January 2014, Tiffany's case was reassigned to Detective Moeller, who was a woman detective, who was, like, the stark opposite of the original detective, uh-huh. um, and she took Lisa's concerns seriously, but unfortunately, like I already mentioned, she was very behind and time was against her, because, uh-huh. I mean, she, it was already four months after Tiffany's disappearance, um, so, Detective Muller had very little to go on, you know, besides the letter Walmart had sent to Tiffany's grandmother, or to Tiffany's grandmother's house. So, there was no other evidence until she called Walmart and she was told that loss prevention kept the security video in hopes of eventually prosecuting Tiffany. So, she obtained, Detective Muller obtained the video on January 27th, 2014. And she watched Tiffany and Ashley walk the store together, and she also watched the altercation with loss prevention before Tiffany, you know, ran off and disappeared. Did they say if they had exterior cameras at the parking lot? Um, I think they had some, but, but it's probably they, crap. I don't know crap quality. Um, yeah, I don't know if they. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. They I mean, probably had some, but most, like, parking lot cameras are trash anyway. So, like, this this was... So, January 2014 is when I started the sheriff's office, and by then we had plenty of crime cameras. So, I feel like that hmm. that time frame, like, people were more... Aware Advanced of cameras, with technology yeah. and stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> so, the Detective Muller interviewed several people after getting some tips from Tiffany's mother... Um, on where to start as, you know, 
Tiffany's mother had been kind of doing her own investigating when police originally weren't taking her case seriously, which kudos to you for, you know, for oh, yeah. having the wherewithal to do that, you know, because that's, I mean, especially when police are helping you, you know, you kind of got to be your own advocate mm-hmm. or be your daughter's own advocate, you know? It's kind of like uh, Taylor's mom. Right. For sure. Mm-hmm. Still. Um, um, Tiffany's mother even went so far as to go back to the Walmart where her daughter went missing from and attempt to retrace her footsteps throughout the store. Oh. And that had to have been so ter- like so mm-hmm. hard. Um, so one person Detective Moeller interviewed was Sheila Fuller, who was an IHOP co-worker of Tiffany's, who had kicked Tiffany out of the motel room that they were sharing when she caught her stealing. So in an article for Esquire, Sheila told the writer Tom, and I'm going to butcher his last name, Junid. Um, Sheila told him, quote, I had gone to Walmart to get some cigarettes. I had seen Red's truck in the parking lot. I called him Red. And I'm going to interject here. That's Ashley, the boyfriend. His nickname. Yeah, his nickname is Red. Anyway, Sheila continued, Now I came back to the IHOP and Red's sitting on the bench outside. He said, Have you seen Tiffany? And I said, Why should I have seen Tiffany? I'm the last person Tiffany would want to see. He said, She got caught shoplifting in the Walmart and ran away, and I don't know where she is. I said, call her on her cell phone he pulled her cell phone out of his pocket and said i'm charging it he said i'm looking for her i said then what are you doing sitting here at the ihop he said that his friends were going to come get him in a few minutes it took an hour and a half then an suv pulled up with a guy driving and two girls inside red got in the back seat with one of the girls and they drove off end quote what Yes, so Ashley like he wasn't is really sketchy. He wasn't really looking very hard. No, he's so sketchy. Um, so Tom also interviewed Ashley for the Esquire um, article, which I'll get to that later. But I, I'm just going to tell you, knowing what I know, Sheila's story and Ashley's story do not line up. So it's up to you but, and who you want to believe. I don't know Sheila's background, but I can tell you Ashley is a drug user and a drug dealer, so... I'm going to believe Sheila. Right. Um, I mean, obviously, Ashley had a little bit more morals than the other two. Because when she... Didn't she find out she was shop- um, stealing from the IHOP? And... Ashley's the boyfriend. Sheila is Oh, the... yeah, yeah. So I'm getting it mixed up. Sheila. I'm saying Sheila the has co-worker. more morals than the other two. Because they were... She's like, no. Right. Whenever she found out she was stealing from her job. Right. Yeah. So, like I said... I'm going to get to that in a little bit. So, okay. Case. So, when Ashley, not Ashley, when uh, Tiffany left, he was still inside of the Walmart. Yes. And I'll get there. He didn't, like, chase after her? I'll, I'm going to talk about that, okay. too. Um, and, like I said, I'm also going to get to what Ashley told Tom when he was in, like, when he interviewed him for this article. Mm-hmm. So, um, Detective Moeller, the one we're talking about, she remained on Tiffany's case for about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, before she left the case to go teach at Marietta's Police Academy. But, you know, while she was on the case, she raided two separate homes related to Ashley, looking for evidence that would lead investigators to Tiffany. But those searches never turned up anything. So she was more of a go-getter than the previous detective. She was actually trying. And she actually took, you know, their concerns seriously. Um, So Detective Moeller was replaced by a detective named Mike Freer. 
And according to the article in Esquire, um, in the summer of 2015, Freer thought he may have gotten a break in Tiffany's case. What? Yes. Um, Cobb County Prosecutor Jesse Evans was prosecuting what Freer called a, quote, big-time meth trafficker, end quote, who apparently had information about Ashley Caudle, Tiffany's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, not direct information, but he had heard that Ashley and others had driven to Lake Alatuna, which is an hour north of Atlanta, and thrown a barrel of concrete off the side of the Bethany Bridge. What? Yes. And the informant even heard that the barrel had damaged the bridge. So, um, Detective Freer drove up there to the bridge, and he found the place, you know, the damaged spot on the bridge that the informant had described. What? So... The Georgia Department of Natural Resources was called in to help, and they used sonar and targeted a large, heavy object that was about 40 feet under the water. Mm -hmm. So on September 25th, 2015, two divers went down to retrieve it with the Detective Freer observing from above, Mm -hmm. and the divers did find the object that the sonar had targeted. However, it was not a barrel containing Tiffany. It was instead a piece of concrete that was apparently left over from the construction of the bridge. Hmm. So, I, I guess good news, bad news, like, you know, good news that, you know, it wasn't Tiffany, because then that would be, like, you know, confirmation that she's definitely dead, but also bad news because you still don't know. You don't have closure yet. Right. So, was that, fa- like, a false tip? I as guess. As far as the barrel? I guess, yeah, because they never found anything else. Um, and this dive was the last search conducted for Tiffany. And her case was referred to the Cobb County Cold Case Unit in January of 2016. And then, um, but in August of 2017, the Cobb County Assistant DA told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution newspaper that although Tiffany's case is technically cold, um, tips do still trickle in every few weeks. Oh, wow. And it would be a surprise to go a full month without like a new tip or a wow, new development. That's cool. Um, but you know, despite all these tips and leads, her case is still unsolved. So yeah. I guess it's good that they're still getting information. Um, that is good, but you know, it kinda stinks that it hasn't led to anything really. Yeah, but but it, as long it's as better pe- than not exactly it at all. Yeah, so but the ADA is hopeful that one day Tiffany's case will go from being a cold case to being a solved case. Mm-hmm. Um and investigators are hopeful that someone somewhere knows something, you know, and will eventually come forward with information that could lead them to Tiffany, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> whether she's alive somewhere or lead them to her body. Okay, so now I want to talk about um, suspects and some theories. Um, obviously, Tiffany's boyfriend, Ashley Cottle, was originally considered a suspect, and he was interviewed by police, and as I mentioned his house was searched by investigators in July of 2014, mm-hmm. and they even excavated the backyard and dug in, the, in a crawl space, um, but the search didn't turn up any significant evidence or lead to any arrests, and Ashley is currently in prison in Carroll County on drug trafficking charges from a 2014 incident in Cherokee County, so and his sentence could last until 2024. Hmm, you got me, you got my brain working. Okay, so police originally suspected Ashley 
because he didn't notify police or Tiffany's family after she went missing. Nah. Okay. I agree. Like, that is suspect as hell. But he's a junkie. Well, I guess especially because she went missing while she was with him. But, like... But he didn't run after her. Right. How do you not report someone missing? Look, if I go missing and my husband doesn't report me missing, he did it. Yeah, but you and your husband are not junkies, so you can't, you know, like... That's true. I didn't even think about that angle. Like, he didn't want the police poking around because he's a junkie drug dealer. I didn't think about that. You smart. Sometimes. You is smart. I'm smart when it doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, so according to authorities on the night that Tiffany went missing... Ashley stayed inside the Walmart and spoke with the employees before going outside. Also, weird. Like, why didn't he immediately take off and chase her? Like, I'm going to play devil's advocate because he, I mean, he was an accomplice to shoplifting. So maybe he felt like if he ran, like, maybe he was just trying to com- com- defuse the situation and just, yeah. like, help and yeah. without them... I mean, maybe he was just trying to sort out, yeah. like, what had just happened. I don't know, but... But he knew. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I would hope if I took off in a dark parking lot with no shoes, no purse, no nothing, like, somebody would chase after yeah, me. Yeah, but didn't you say they were? They appeared to be under the influence? That's... Yeah. That's true. This is why I got you. So, Ashley says that he looked for Tiffany, but when he couldn't find her, he went to the IHOP across the street where Tiffany had previously worked and um he asked around you know if anybody had seen her but no one had and like I already said he didn't he just didn't bother reporting him missing so that is sketchy I mean but like I said thinking about it poking around yeah yeah you don't want cops like poking around in your business if you're and he he probably and like like her parent or her mom he might have thought the same thing yeah she just took that yeah she might be um finding their next fix or whatever yeah true true he's all he's still a sketchball no totally so in march of 2016 tom junid interviewed ashley from the carroll county correctional institution uh for an article that he wrote for esquire magazine and as i said before ashley's in jail after pleading guilty in 2015 to selling meth in cherokee county and I know my years are conflicting before I said 2014, but it happened in 2014. And I think the he just pleaded. Okay. I think he pled guilty in 2015. So he went from using to selling? Oh, he, he was actually selling when he was with Tiffany, too. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so Ashley received a sentence of 20 years with a minimum of 10 years that he has to serve. And Ashley told... Tom that he believes he received a harsher sentence since the judge believes that he isn't working with law enforcement on an ongoing missing persons investigation. Hmm. And at the time of this interview in 2016, Ashley was on a work detail, I guess like a work release. Mm -hmm. So he cleaned gutters and storm drains and uh, he was able to give this face-to-face interview with this writer free of restraints and without a guard even in the room. So... Just a tidbit. So, I'm going to quote him a lot because I feel like it's important that I say it the way he said it. Yeah. And um, this is going to be painful to read. Oh, no. One of them? Uh, It's not that bad, but it's 
not going to be comfortable for me. Because this is not how I would usually talk. Right. So, Ashley, he began the interview with Tom by giving him his version of events that night. According to Ashley, quote, I was outside in the truck charging my phone, okay? And when I come in the store to get her, I was like, look, we got to go. Come on. When we went to the checkout, I was getting some shirts to leave with. I was checking out, and she was in her purse pulling stolen items out. And there's all these Walmart workers in the front. Okay, so we go to leave. I guess I was on my phone, and the loss prevention people come out, but they didn't identify themselves as loss prevention, right? And she said, Red, that's what people call me. They call me Red, and I had an answer. Then she said my first name. She said Ashley, and I turned around and looked, and they got her by both arms, and another black dude has got her purse, and there's three black guys. So I pulled a knife out. Jesus. They didn't see it. I had it by my side. I'm like, look, let her go, and she's struggling with them. I'm like, look, let her go. They let her go, and she took off running by me. End quote. So they just let her go? According to him. Oh, okay. No, they did not just let her go. It, so, per Tom, the writer, so, first of all, Ashley says there were three guys three black men according to tom who has seen the video the writer has seen the video there were only two loss prevention associates not three so that's strike one that's lie number one um and and the fact that he's like okay right Uh uh-huh it's like he's trying to like sell to convince you right and according to tom ashley just watched them like he just watched this unfolding he didn't pull out a knife like, you know, he said, oh, I pulled out a knife, but they didn't see it. I had it by my side. You did not pull out a knife. Like, so, just... like, Tom said there was no knife pulled out no. on the video. No. Um, and then, you know, the video ends with Ashley standing at the door and, you know, talking to one of the loss prevention officers. Um, so, according to Ashley, he goes to his truck, but because he had drugs in the vehicle, and I'm assuming since he was a dealer, it was, like, more uh, than just 20? possession. Yeah. Or, you know, more than just, you know, what you would get a possession Mm -hmm. charge for. Um, So, he immediately, you know, he didn't immediately get into the truck. Because, you know, obviously he was scared of getting busted for having all the drugs. So, he says that he walked across Highway 41 instead of taking his truck, allegedly in search of Tiffany. And he continues to tell Tom about his movements that night. Quote, But everywhere I went, my actions can be accounted for. There's a strip mall right there, next to the exit I came out of at the Walmart. There's got to be cameras there, right? And then the drive-thru at Krispy Kreme has cameras in it, right? The Metro Lodge, which is the extended stay motel behind the IHOP, uh, has cameras in it. The IHOP has cameras in it. You see what I'm saying? And they show I'm right there. I didn't ever deviate my path from sitting there and trying to figure this out. End quote. Again, there he goes with the right, right? Okay, uh-huh. Like, no. Yeah, and you know, even though Ashley swears that these cameras corroborate his story, um, according to Tom's Esquire article, no cameras, you know, showed his movements or, you know, corroborated, backed him up. So, why was he waiting at the IHOP for an hour and a half for somebody to come pick him up when he had a truck? Because his truck had drugs in him. So he's going to leave it parked? I guess. I don't know. I guess. I guess he was scared, like, if loss prevention would have called the actual cops. 
like the loss prevention people that had Tiffany, like maybe yeah. he was scared they were gonna call the actual cops and he was scared to take his truck. That's um, dumb. Instead of hey, waiting outside of Walmart, I probably would have taken the chance and left with my truck full of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> just just saying. Um, okay, so I wanna read a couple excerpts from Tom's interview with Ashley, kinda like we did with Claire Harris. So Oh, who do I get to be? Um, you get to be Tom. The writer. And yeah, I'll be I'm not a drug drug addict. Yeah, I get to be the drug addict math dealer. Um, so you can go ahead and start, I guess. Uh, let's see. What happened to Tiffany that night? She just ran. I don't know what happened to her. If you knew, would you say? By all means, if I knew what happened, I would tell you, okay? But I don't. And the more that I try to figure it out, the more aggravated I get, the more they... I think he's talking about Tiffany's family and, like, the investigators. Mm-hmm. Try to figure it out, the more aggravated they get. And it all ends at that Walmart that night. It was me and her. That's where it ends. It does? Nobody knows nothing, okay? Not even me. The sketchiness continues. You know, and like, you made a really good point. Like, he keeps using stuff like, right? Okay? Like, questioning, like, trying to convince somebody. You know? Yeah, like he... Like he doesn't... Almost like he doesn't believe in himself, so he's trying to convince himself too. Right. Like, I don't know. That's... I just no. thought that was... That's garbage. <laughs> that's garbage. Um, and according to several places online, uh, one of them being Reddit, so, because, you know, you can fall down a Reddit, Reddit rabbit hole. hole very quickly, very easily. But take this with kind of a grain of salt, you know, if you will, but... Most places have said that Tiffany and Ashley had a very volatile relationship. I mean, what what drug Induced, addict right. really, uh, couple is not yeah. volatile? Right. And, you know, that goes back to him being so sketchy. Like, when it's all said and done, if he's a junkie and she's a junkie, he don't give a sh- I'm sorry. He doesn't give a crap about her. <laughs> like, I just stuck myself there, y'all. But I'm serious. Like, all he's worried about is his next fix. Or selling it. Yeah. Like, yeah. True. I mean, he can always find another girlfriend. Um, and acquaintances have even said that the couple was once evicted from their apartment for fighting. Uh, so, you know, it seems like they had their fair share of problems. And, you know, one of the places, are, like I said, I read this on Reddit, so don't take it as gospel. I mean, I don't know how valid it is, but like you said, that, that kind of tracks, you know, like what relationship between two people on drugs is ever going to be a good thing, you know? Yeah. We know a few of those. uh, Yeah, like, I I already know who you're thinking about. Yeah, um, so the one in particular I'm thinking of is, like, she'll, like, say her husband, they're married, um, puts his hands on her and this, that, and the other, but then, like, she doesn't do anything. There, There are two just very, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm trying to keep this, like, really PG. And I'm, like... Struggling? Yeah. Two garbage people. Two garbage... Trash bag humans. Trash bag humans. And, um, you know, you you can't take what either of them say seriously. Right. You know? If it's pathological liars. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Um, so, back to our theories, uh... People have sometimes speculated that because of her history of drug use that maybe Tiffany, you know, overdosed. 
But according to the Cobb County ADA and an article that I found on AJC.com, Tiffany's case doesn't fit the typical overdose death because, quote, people don't typically OD and then disappear off the face of the earth, end quote. Like you find her remains. That's what you're saying? Huh? Like you find her body? Right. Like, had she OD'd, her body likely would have been found by now, I would think. Like, like, if you, if you. Like, if you OD, like, your body, I feel like, if if you OD and no one tampered with it, like, your body's going to be found pretty quickly, Right, no think. foul play. You know, um, I mean, unless, like I said, she OD'd when she was, maybe she OD'd when she was with Ashley and he freaked out and just, like, got when, rid of her body. When I was um, in number one, we got plenty of calls of this type of nature. Really? And they were, you know, your typical frequent flyers, like what I call them, um, you know, junkies that we always... They always were running in with the law. Mm-hmm. So, and even those people who ended up ODing, somebody still called. Yeah. Somebody, you know, still tried to help them. Right. So, as 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 bad off as they were, they still had... Somebody. Yeah, but were they also drug dealers? Who? Oh, yes. Oh. Yes. Okay. Well, you know, and I don't know, like I said, maybe Ashley freaked out and got rid of her body. I don't know, but, you know, disclaimer, Ashley... Caudill has never been charged or tried in Tiffany's disappearance, so I'm not blaming him. Just, I am. Shoot. I'm just thinking out loud. Shoot. Yeah. Um, from what I found online, there have not really been any other suspects or persons of interest in her disappearance, which kind of makes a lot of sense to me because if it wasn't her boyfriend who was with her at the time of her disappearance, I mean, it was likely some unknown stranger, mm-hmm. which that's really hard like to figure out to begin with, you know? And that's terrifying to me that some completely unknown stranger could just snatch you from a Walmart parking lot. You know? Yeah, so I don't know. but you know, I, I'm gonna go off. I feel like I know where you're about to go. Tell me. Human trafficking? Yes and no. Oh. Um, yeah, I guess. Sex trafficking? Because um, people say when you're a junkie, they... you, you'll do anything. Oh, true. You know, maybe she just crossed paths with the wrong person. Mm-hmm. I'm giving Red uh, the benefit of the doubt here. Um, maybe she did some shady stuff for her next fix. Her next maybe. fix, um, and it and it cost her. That's um, really sad to me. Yeah, I mean, it could, it could have been anything. She, you know, right. it, it could have been sex trafficking, or it could have been um, right, cause, her you know, own I've, OD. I've read that. I think Atlanta, Atlanta, which is, they're pretty close to Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, is like one of the bigger hubs. Yeah, I mean, it's for practically like sex New Orleans Junior. Right, like New Orleans is a big hub for sex trafficking too, and I think one of the places that they frequent is stores like Walmart. That's why I don't like take, taking children to Walmart. We don't, no. They walk off to go get right. a you know, and don't ever come back. A folder, and I'm like yelling like a crazy person, like, right. get back here. Like, mm-hmm. that is like one of my biggest fears. Walmart pickup for the win. Um, so now I just kind of want to talk about where we are today. Um, as of this recording, Tiffany is still missing. She's never been found. Um, actually, the sixth anniversary of her disappearance was yesterday. Like we talked about? Well, yesterday as of the day we're recording. Not the release day. Yeah, Um, yeah, a little less than two weeks from the time this episode is actually released. Um, So six years later, her family still does not know if she's out there somewhere alive or, you know, where her body's located if she unfortunately met a violent end. 
and sadly, you know, she's presumed to be dead by investigators. Although, you know, her family still holds out hope that she will be found one day. Um, and like I already said, Tiffany left behind a six-year-old daughter who is now being raised by Tiffany's mother. Mm-hmm. And since she was six at the time of her, uh, at the time of Tiffany's disappearance, her daughter would probably be about twelve now, mm-hmm. depending on when her birthday is. Um, and that's just that's so heartbreaking to me. And like the hardest part has got to be the not knowing, you know, like having no closure. Like you just don't know. You know, I'm gonna switch this up for a second. Um, her daughter, first of all, kids are resilient. Mm-hmm. And secondly, was Tiffany actually raising her daughter? Like, if she was I don't that, think that she off. was. So, she probably um, isn't real knowledgeable about, like, she probably didn't really go through it. Yeah, and, like, I've read um, a couple different places that where Tiffany's mom, Lisa, has said that, you know, her daughter, you know, she knows who her mom is. Yeah, and, and that's the best she, way to And it's like, she asks about her her mom every now and then you know she knows kind of but she didn't as much I as don't you think she endured the actual heartache yeah because I don't think Tiffany was even raising her but but she and would it's probably the best thing. I mean from every from things that I've read I think that she saw her daughter a lot but she wasn't raising her right so you know um uh Tiffany has also been featured on the Charlie Project website mm-hmm um, according to the website, which is charlieproject.org, quote, the Charlie Project profiles over 13,000 cold case missing people, mainly from the United States. It does not actively investigate cases. It is merely a publicity vehicle for, pe- for missing people who are often neglected by the press and forgotten all too soon. A person must have been missing for at least one year to be listed, end quote. Um, I frequent that website. You see, I didn't even realize that existed. There's a, yeah, there's there a lot. There's so many people on that. Um, it came up, you know, when I was researching for this episode, and I was like... Oh, that's, that's a rabbit hole in itself. Yes, the, there's so many so many people in there, and that terrifies me that you can just vanish off the face of the planet, mm-hmm. like, without a trace. Um, but I think that is a really neat resource, resource for yeah. families of missing persons you know to get the word out and keep keep the public informed and make keep them relevant you mm-hmm. know so people don't forget um every year on the anniversary of tiffany's disappearance her mother daughter family and friends often participate in a balloon release in her memory and oftentimes they attach handwritten notes Aww. to these balloons um and i do follow the facebook page mm-hmm. um and I think she set up an event for yesterday. Okay. The September 13th. So, um, I think she set up an event for a balloon release, release. So they did have one yesterday. Yesterday. Um, I haven't September checked back, 13th. but right. Um, if you would like more information, you can visit the website dedicated to Tiffany at www.findtiffanywitten.com or like the Facebook page, find Tiffany Witten. Um, Tiffany's mom has stated that she will never stop searching for her daughter and for answers, um, as most mothers would, you know, I would think, um, my heart truly aches for her, you know, as a mom myself, I can't imagine the not knowing, you know, like, especially for years. Yeah, and, you know, the fact that she, she tried to do tough love and this happened, so I think she probably feels an immense uh, amount of guilt. Right. Yeah. True. Yeah. That's but what do you it's mean? It's so sad. I mean, I mean like what are you gonna do? She no. did what she thought was best. Yeah. And 
you know, to there's, get there's help. no guide or instructions on how to, how to deal with family, um, family members that are drug addicts. No, I'm going to quote Jennifer Lopez in Hustlers. Motherhood is a mental illness. True. Like you, it's. I can't co-sign that. No, it is 100% true. But um, motherhood is a mental illness. I'm going to start using that. You know, like, you'll do anything for your kids, and, like, you do what you think is best for them. Uh And a lot of times at the expense of yourself. Right. Motherhood is a mental illness. I don't know how many times I'm going to say it, but three is probably enough. Um, So, um, on the off chance that anyone may come across her i kind of want to just give a basic description of tiffany Mm -hmm. tiffany is five foot three inches tall and 105 pounds with blonde hair and green eyes she has several tattoos including chinese letters on her lower back and wrist as well as a butterfly on her right hip so just i saw her picture she's really beautiful yeah so just like i said be on the lookout for her especially if you're in the georgia area are you tiffany like, I'm right. approaching her. Right. I don't care. I, I mean, I hope they find her, but I don't think she just... I really don't think she just walked away from her life. Right. Especially, like, with no means to... You know, no money, no... I don't no think... Yeah, she didn't have the resources to just I don't, start a new life. I don't she think didn't. So. And she... She... If she was as bad off as we think, there's no way. There's no so. way. I don't think so. I mean, regardless of... If she's alive or if she's not, I hope at some point something is something is solved. Right, that way her family can have closure. Mm-hmm. You know. If you have any information that could lead investigators to the whereabouts of Tiffany Witten, we urge you to call Crime Stoppers Greater Atlanta at 404-577 TIPS, Marietta PD at 770-794-2366, or Marietta Police Department tip line at 770-794-6990. And that's the case of the disappearance of Tiffany Witt. Thank you for listening to Homeside Homegirls. If you enjoyed today's episode, head on over to our Facebook page and leave us a review or rate us on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. If you want to be the first to know when an episode is released, make sure you subscribe to our podcast Follow us on Instagram at Homicide Homegirls, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Homicide Homegirls Podcast, and Twitter at Homegirls Pod. If you would like to suggest an episode, use the form located on our Facebook page. Once a month, we plan to answer fan-submitted questions in a segment we like to call hashtag AskTheHomegirls. So be sure to use the form on our Facebook page to submit your questions. 